0: In the 39th episode of Doubly Negative, which some critics are calling a tell-all episode, Kyle reveals a controversial and shocking revelation from therapy, which inspires the duo to talk more deeply than ever about mental health. And Chris reveals something shocking of his own.
1: You won't believe what you hear today. You know, Kyle, I'm still shaking with anxiety just thinking about it cannot believe we're releasing this to the public. But if you like what we're doing, download the episodes. Subscribe to the podcast. Follow the podcast. Sign up for the Patreon so we can continue to pay for therapy. Here we go.
0: While he was beating you was up, crazy. was he saying things like this is for uh this is what you get for messing with our sponsors. Things things like that. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yep. And he said stop saying like so fucking much, dude. And then Just whispering it in my ear. They say home is where the heart is, so I wonder why your motherfucker always feeling heartless. Welcome to episode thirty-nine of Doubly Negative. As always, I'm Chris here with my friend Kyle. Kyle, how are you? Happy Thanksgiving, Chris. Happy Thanksgiving. Oh, it is Thanksgiving. Where? Oh, all right. So I'm a day behind. I have Thanksgiving in an hour and a half. Mm. But as we've pointed out, Kyle lives in Bali. Not interesting. So we'll just cruise right over that yeah happy thanksgiving who are you spending it with are you gonna be in jakarta nope i'm leaving
0: for jakarta tomorrow uh today i'll be with my friends jenny and Lindsay.
1: oh that's cool at least you have some people to hang with yeah that'll be cool what are you cooking
0: oh no we got uh we, we found a restaurant that does it
1: all right that's good you don't strike me as much of a cook i hope that doesn't offend you
0: no, it doesn't you're 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 right
1: spot on. Yeah. I'm not much of a cook either, but I mean sometimes I get a little out of the box I can whip something up. I can make
0: like five things Th- there have been different periods throughout my life where I've started cooking like just for convenience or price or or health and I'll just make the same yep. thing every day, sometimes twice a day for months and I get really good at that one thing like a like a chicken stir fry with. Certain vegetables, something like that. I can I can make a couple things really good, but only a couple things.
1: Is that your specialty, chicken stir
0: fry? It was for many years. Yeah, that's
1: not bad. That's not bad. You can get creative, throw a bunch of different stuff in there. Ah, uh, that's funny because I'm the same exact way. I I want I I made like this hash dish, and I fucking nailed it the first time, mm-hmm. and I've been chasing that dragon ever since. Too. I keep fucking it up. I haven't done it in a while, but I've been chasing the dragon ever since.
0: What are you messing up in the 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 subsequent
1: attempts subsequent subsequent oh yeah yes yeah, so- probably the same fucking thing who knows um i don't know the potatoes get too crispy on the bottom oh. you gotta find the the ultimate crisp like the first time i made them it's very easy you just get potatoes you cut them up you get real fat you cover them in oil so they get like a nice coat when you cook them in the pan as those are cooking you slowly add in chopped bacon you let that cook You throw in parsley with every layer you throw in. No, scallions with every layer that you cook, right? And then after that's cooking a little bit, you create like a little hole, like three holes in the center, four holes, depending on how big the dish is. Then you crack a couple eggs in those holes and you let those eggs cook. Then you cover the top with mozzarella cheese, top it off with some more scallions.
0: That sounds fantastic.
1: Yeah, it's literally the heaviest thing you can start your day with though. So it's a fucking problem.
0: But you're saying the problem like that, is the potatoes get too crispy? Like, I, I like a real good crispy potato. So you must be talking real crispy, or our tastes are different.
1: Mm, I like myself a crispy potato, but I don't know. I haven't made it in a while, and I feel like the last time I did, it wasn't, you know, the best. But the first time I made it, it was top notch. And I haven't done it in a while. So, you know what? Maybe I'll do that this weekend. Got the long weekend. I'm going to whoop something up. I'm going to be honest with you, Kyle. I'm not feeling great. My nose just stuffed up. I was fine all day. I'm tired as shit. I'm sore. What's going on?
0: Where are you sore
1: from? Well, oh, I'm sore because I went back to jujitsu last night. Very good. Yeah, made my return. And, you know, Jake really, really took it out on, on me with the whole us trashing <laughs> <dot> .com. <laughs> Check out code doubly. E. He really took it out on me and he uh, he beat me up.
0: Yeah, what did he do to you?
1: what didn't he do? You know, he uh, he put a hurting on me.
0: We were naked, ankle
1: lock. Uh. He caught me with one of those, the the ankle lock. Ugh. And, you know, it's funny because I went to go up for one. And obviously, when you do that, sometimes you leave your ankle exposed. And as I was doing it, I'm so out of shape. Both of my calves seized up in just cramps. E. Like unbearable cramps. And I'm wincing in pain. And it's while Jake's- holy horse. Yeah, and it's while Jake's holding my ankle, so he thinks he just tore my knee up because of the look on my face. He's like, you're good? You all right? And I was like, dude, no, I'm just cramping so hard. <laughs> I, I, he, he genuinely thought he just tore my knee up. But
0: while he was beating you was up, cramp. was he saying things like, this is for? <laughs> uh, this is what you get for messing with our sponsors, things, things like that. Yeah,
1: yep, yep. And he said, stop saying like so fucking much, dude. And then just whispering it in my ear.
0: Yeah, well, I guess you deserved hey, it. I'm glad I don't go. I did with him.
1: Well, when you come and visit again, he's really like he's I think he's gonna go even harder on you when you come and visit, just because you know it's gonna be a lot of pent up just frustration.
0: I'm gonna be on the run from him, I think, because I got a real beating coming. It's been building up for a long time.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's not even that. There's a lot of stuff he's probably been like shaking his fucking head. out, oh, Kyle, yeah. you can't say that on the podcast. I mean, I've attacked um, him
0: directly, and then all the other. Th- yeah, it's. Uh, uh, I'll I'll be but be dodging him.
1: We'll be filming that. So earlier this, this morning, let's just hop right into it. You had messaged me and said, when can you record? Just had my therapy session. Had something important happen. I'm not sure the exact phrasing you used, but something along those lines. And as you know, every time you do this, I think about it all day. And I, I start trying to concoct these theories in my head, trying to figure out what the hell happened. Just like the time you said you cheated. Right. But <laughs> it was actually on the diet. Yep. So, same thing. You want to jump right into it? I'd like to hear your, your best theory first. <laughs> Let's see if you got any good guesses. Maybe you were diagnosed with something that you weren't happy to hear. Maybe you had a disagreement with your therapist and you guys were at, at each other's throats. Mm. Um, Maybe he came on to you after you su- suggested he joined Dublé Nectave, the cult, and it, it was too much. Mm-hmm. Maybe he was trying to move up the ranks too quickly and you weren't comfortable with it? Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: A number of things.
0: Well, these are good guesses. These are good theories.
1: Was I close on any of them?
0: Uh, Reasonably close. With The the first one was reasonably close. The second one is is in the realm, but no, I, I don't get heated, really.
1: Okay. So lay it on me. What happened?
0: All right. So I think this was my fourth session, maybe fifth after the initial. So so I've been talking to him for about a month, right? Mm-hmm. And in the very beginning, I was upfront about how I think I have bipolar. Um, so the first few sessions, he's kind of asked me questions about that. Um, giving me small tips, like, uh, don't expect too much for myself. Uh, be easy on myself stuff that it, it, it's good advice. Right. But it's, it's all kind of, um, not much happened in the first few sessions. Right. Uh-huh. Then in this last one, he's doing his usual thing. Like, well, how was your week? What happened? And I told him that I drank a couple days in a row. Uh, I I was drunk Thursday and Friday, and that resulted in a hangover that got me pretty depressed, right? That's pretty usual for me. Did we even talk about this? Yeah, we did. Okay, so, yeah, I hadn't talked to him about it yet. Right, okay. Um, Yeah. And on that day when I was pretty depressed, hangover... I ate a lot of food, and this is something that I'll do sometimes when I'm feeling really down. There's nothing else that's going to give me enjoyment or whatever. So I just ordered, I mean, not even crazy, but I just ordered too much food, right? Eat. I mean, you know the deal, right?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. All too well.
0: Yeah. And this was something I wanted to talk to him about because this is one of my less healthy behaviors. And I'm kind of telling him like, yeah, sometimes I overeat. I'm usually trying to stay on a diet, but sometimes I go off the rails. Sometimes I eat too much unhealthy food a few days in a row. And throughout this whole process with him, I'll try to be like as honest as possible. And maybe I'll even exaggerate how bad things are. Like, um, so, so I do this thing where... It, I'm a pretentious asshole in general. I consider myself like a three three stripe white belt in psychology. Yep. so i I try to act like a peer almost. i'll I'll use like psychology terminology with him, right? And
1: I do that sometimes too, and I'm like, she probably
0: thinks I'm so foolish. yeah, shit. exactly. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, i think I think this guy, I don't know, maybe he just takes what I say at face value or whatever. but I was kind of well, I think very deeply about my own behaviors. In general. Like uh, I really analyze myself and I have different ideas about why I do what I do. So I'm talking to him about my eating behaviors and I use the word self-harm. I said, sometimes I wonder if it's a form of self-harm that I'm eating a lot of unhealthy food when sometimes I don't even really want it. It's just, uh, yeah, sometimes it feels like self-harm, right? And then he said, well, maybe there's an eating disorder. And I said, "Uh, that's possible. I mean, we're, we're basically talking about binge eating and this does come from being fat as a kid and being like that. The, it's a huge part of my self-esteem uh, being poor sometimes. Yeah. Um, so we're talking about this and then he ends up saying, well, this makes things more complicated. If there's an eating disorder involved, and OK, so I got to back up here. I think I've, I might have mentioned this before, but this guy's a therapist, right? He's not a psychiatrist. He's a therapist and a coach. Um, yep. So, he says, well, if there's an eating disorder involved and you got bipolar, then I might not be qualified to help you. Uh, you might need to be on medication. You might need to see someone in person. He was, he, was saying, he was saying these things. And I said, well, I get where you're coming from. And I do. I, I think he's just trying, um, well, he's trying to do the right thing. And he even said, I don't want to waste your money if I can't help you. And, and he asked me, like, have you made, do you think you've made improvements in the last few weeks?
1: Mm-hmm. And you got to know he's looking out for your best interests there as well. It's not like he's like oh fuck this, I'm not dealing with that. He's looking out for what's going to benefit you most.
0: Of course. Yeah, and I think I think he's a really nice guy and yeah, I think I think he was doing what he thought was right. But but anyway, he asked me that question. He's like, "Do you think you've made improvements, like progress since we've been talking?" And that was a really hard question for me to answer. And now that I've had a little bit more time to reflect, I'm not kind of in the heat of the moment. I think I have actually. I think I think there's a small perspective change in in anything you read about therapy or whatever, you can't expect much that fast, right?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: But anyway, in that moment, I was kind of I was feeling really down and I was just like, huh, I guess not. And um. Then he was like, how does that make you feel if if you might have to take medication or, or if the, if these problems are more blah, blah, blah. And it ended up just making me feel really sad and disappointed. And I told him that. I said, this, this sucks. You know, I came into this with the idea. And I did have this idea. I thought, I, I don't know if this guy can help me. I, I don't know if regular talk therapy is going to help me. I've been dealing with these issues for a long time. I kind of understand myself. I don't think he's going to be able to give me any piece of wisdom, right? Mm-hmm. And for him to kind of affirm that and say, and and kind, of, but he said his uh, his exact words. He said he had to talk to his supervisor. He's like, I don't know if I'm qualified. I'm going to have to talk to my supervisor, and then maybe we're going to have to find you somebody local, somebody in Bali or something like that. And just this whole idea that maybe my problems are too severe for him to handle, maybe he can't have, it was it was a really upsetting thing to to consider.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I can imagine that's a tough thing to hear, but I mean you think of it this way, right? So if I can break it down into something I've experienced in like simpler terms, so like I used to work in a restaurant, right? Mm great at bringing food to tables. Couldn't make drinks, though, because I wasn't trained to do that. It's not that your problems are so severe. That's just not in his repertoire. So I wasn't bartending, but I was taking orders bringing food. Bartenders also take orders and bring food. They just have that extra step of, hey, I can make you this drink as well, because they know how to do it. So it's not necessarily, oh, this guy is so fucked up, I can't handle it. That's just not what he specializes in.
0: You're right. And, and he did end up saying something like that too. And, and I was kind of the one connecting the dots and saying like, like, he didn't say you need medication or anything like that. He just said, he said what you're saying. He said he's not qualified, but that's a possibility, right? And, and anyway, that, that idea of medication we've talked about it on this podcast before. It's, I don't know. It's something that I just, I feel this really big aversion to. And I don't know if it's my future or not, but uh, it it almost felt like that conversation was one step in that direction. And yeah, it bothered me.
1: I think that could have been uh, like a self-defense mechanism for you as well. Since we have like, you know, we've talked about taking medication, how we feel about it, and just having that feeling that you need to rely on medication to function like a normal human. It's not something that I ever thought I would need to do it. I'm assuming it's something you thought you would never have to do either. Uh, so, I've considered think, it at times, but yeah, I, I don't like the idea. Yeah. Um. So I I honestly think it was a self defense mechanism coming from you. Mm. My expert opinion. <laughs> do you think you you had that um idea of um Wh where was I going with this? I just had a thought and I lost it. Oh, do you think you had the idea? going into therapy, that this guy couldn't fix you because you are a pretentious asshole who acts like a peer to these psychologists and professionals? Your words, not mine. Yeah, it's a good question. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think, I think I already know the extremely basic stuff that a, a large percentage of therapists and coaches are going to say. Um, and that is probably me being a pretentious, arrogant asshole. Um, but it did kind of turn out to be true. It kind of felt like this guy, although he seems intelligent and thoughtful and decent at his job, it kind of feels... I mean, I spoke to him for probably three and a half hours total. and And most of it was him listening to me, but he would respond with some things. And he was just kind of saying almost what I expected him to say. He did say a couple things that made me rethink things. And that, that's what I was looking for in the first place. But to answer your question in a, in a long, long-winded way, yeah, I kind of thought I, I knew what his bag of tricks was going to be, and it kind of ended up being true, and, and maybe that was a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah.
1: But there were some tricks that he had that you didn't expect, because you, you said yourself just a few moments ago, mm-hmm. you have seen some progress. And honestly, you've said a few things. I can't cite them specifically in the past couple of weeks since you started therapy where I said, oh, okay, so you have learned something from it. So you, you definitely are taking something from it. And if you take the amount of time you've been going, like you just said, probably three and a half hours total, you have learned some things in those three and a half hours, which in the grand scheme of things is a very short amount of time. True. We've talked about this before too, but there there's no like cure for mental illness. There's just getting better at coping. And even if you are getting these little tips along the way, if you're taking even a handful of things that are helping you cope better in this short amount of time, who's to say you're not going to continue to you know sharpen your skills at coping with these things with more time with this person?
0: I think everything you said is true. I, th- I think you're right, and that's why I was a little bit disappointed in him. Um, but I do understand exactly why he said what he did, and I, I think he—I I think he just put two and two together, and he—he—he and he, he got scared. He, he thought he thought he's doing the right thing by, yeah. I—I I, I don't know. I, I just think he, he thought he was above his head. But when I think back on it, it's like I think some of the things that that worried him maybe warranted a bigger discussion because he didn't dive into it much yeah i mean i answered some basic questions about the eating but but it seemed like the uh, it seemed like he got the idea that i had an eating disorder really fast and i think that came from me being really forthright and like kind, kind of being hard on myself yeah and anyway yeah i think i think he i think he acted very quickly in saying those things and I don't think it was very smart, actually.
1: And uh, w- w- to act so quickly,
0: yeah, yeah. And he he even said this. He's like, "Well, I I don't wanna I don't wanna push you away, right?" But that's kind of what he did. And afterwards, yeah, because he said what he said is he's he's going to talk to his supervisor, and then he's going to come back to me with his his uh, plan or, or whatever. You know, what's the next step? But. He kind of hinted at the idea that he doesn't think he can help me and that the next time we talk is going to be this thing, right? So if I express to him that I'm not really, that that's kind of a scary idea and I don't like it and, and blah, 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 there's a huge chance, and I haven't made my decision yet, but there's a huge chance that I just email him and I say, hey, thanks, man, but I'll figure it out on my own. And uh, yeah, I, th- I think he should have kept some of that to himself. I don't think he needed to tell me that.
1: No, and I agree with you there, but... I'm also not a professional in this field, and I don't know how to handle these situations. Of course. Right? This could be what he's trained. Like, this is how he could be trained to react when he finds out this information. Could be. Definitely could be. Um, so, obviously, you don't have to agree with the way he reacted, or if this is the way he's trained to react, you don't have to agree with that either. But I also understand where you're coming from, where it kind of, that that's scary to hear from a professional. I don't know if I can do this. Yeah it's like a helpless feeling i can imagine
0: uh yes very uh and it's it's been a couple days now since that um I, do you feel better after reflecting for a few days yes yeah and I, I i had a long talk with steve too uh and he's been through this process too and he he's talked to a number of different therapists um and he's basically had the same thing said to him once or twice so he was able to talk about it in a way that had some experience behind it and some thought and yeah, it made it made me feel better and less like because I did feel afterwards he was like, This guy thinks I've got a few severe problems or that I might. And it did make me feel bad. But yeah, I've had a little bit of time. I've kind of thought about it enough and it doesn't it doesn't bother me so much as I'm sitting here right now, but afterwards, um it, it really did.
1: Yeah, and I can imagine in the moment hearing that without having time to process it. I know myself, I would immediately turtle and be like, oh, God, I'm fucked. I'm so, like, I'm fucked. I I don't know what to do. He doesn't know what to do. I'm just, this is me now forever. So I can imagine that feeling. Do you plan on seeing him again and hearing what he has to say?
0: I'm damn near 50-50 on that one. And I've thought about it a lot. Um, One thing that affects it is that I'll, I'll be in Jakarta. So I think I would have canceled on him anyway this week. He did also mention right at the end, as we're saying bye, he mentioned the word email. He's like, maybe I'll email you something. So I would really appreciate that. And and I might email him before he email, emails me, but I think it would be very good of him to email me before the meeting because if if all he's going to do is – suggest that I go to somebody else, then he shouldn't be charging me for the next session anyway, right? And that's got to be a thought on my mind. So I expect an email from him or or I hope for one. Because without one, if he just kind of leaves me hanging and wondering, and I'm going to Jakarta, so I don't want to talk to him when I'm there, there's a there's a really decent chance that I don't talk to him anymore. But at the same and I had this thought last night, this is a funny thought. I thought, well, it's good content for the podcast if I hear what he has to say. I really did. Um, yeah. So that might be worth it in itself. But, but, but yeah, to answer again in a very long-winded way, uh, I'm pretty
1: 50-50. So for me on the outside, looking at your situation, you can make that decision to see him again or not. But I do think you should continue to look for someone that does click with you and someone that can help you in your current circumstance, because you, you took that step to see a professional, right? That professional saw you for about a month, like you said, and offered the next step for you almost. So I think you should take his opinion seriously. Um, email or not from him i think you should take that seriously and kind of dive into it a little more i think you're right
0: um and it's something that i have been thinking about because my uh my ex not the the last one but the other one uh she said that her guitar player um has bipolar and he sees someone here and she said that the doctor is decent um so I've already been thinking about that. Like, if if there's someone that comes with a recommendation that's local, then that might be better. Anyway, um, I don't know any details. I, I've been I've been thinking that I'll probably ask her, but um, but yeah, I, I have been thinking about that.
1: I I would just see what this guy has to say. Let him email you, set up an appointment, reschedule if you have to, but see what he has to say before canceling and just going elsewhere, because. I think it'll be better getting a recommendation from him who's professional, who can, you know, kind of relay that information to another professional and not waste a lot of your time. Because you're going to go through this whole process again with a new person. Right. Of, you know, the feeling out period. Let me see if, you know, what he's saying, if this is an actual diagnosis or something I need to dive into. This guy already has feelers out on you. He has, you know, his... Did he did you ask him what your diagnosis is? Did did you get that far?
0: I don't think he's qualified to even do that. Um I didn't okay. I didn't really ask him, but I don't think he would have answered that question.
1: Okay. So see what he says. I would I would definitely even explore meeting with who he recommends. Yeah. Just because uh, cuz I feel like you're going to waste your time. Not waste your time, but you're going to have to go through this whole process of, "Hi, I'm Kyle. This is how I feel. This is what's going through my head." You just did this and I feel like that repetitive, you know, it's going to be discouraging almost like I'm so sick of repeating myself I feel like a broken record although it's to a different person. I don't want to have the same conversation again. You've already had these conversations.
0: That's another good point, chris you're You're full of some good stuff today, I gotta say, and that's not being sarcastic, but um, yeah, and this reminds me of the hopeless feeling that, to be honest, I haven't really dealt with, but I've heard a lot of people dealing with, and this is this is for mental health and also like difficult to diagnose physical problems. like our friend, um, I don't know if I should name him. i don't I don't know if he would even care, but he's dealing with some sort of uh, muscle twitch problem. you know who I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, and he's been to like a number of different general doctors and specialists and even the process of figuring out what's going on is exhausting sometimes if you're dealing with something that they can't figure out that's more complicated that is it's really easy to get disheartened and and give up just based on what you're talking about so uh i think you make a good point in hopefully alleviating a little bit of the, of that by listening to someone who already knows so yeah, I think that's a good recommendation. It's not it's something I haven't really considered yet, so that's good.
1: Yeah, and I—I I, I talk to this person every day that you just referred to, and yeah, it is a like you go to multiple professionals and you hear a prof- you hear one of them say, "Yeah, I don't have a clue." It's like, well, what the fuck? I don't want to be dealing with this anymore, and you're telling me you have zero answers. Yeah. And you go yeah. through this whole process of trial and error.
0: Making appointments, it, maybe spending money, spending time waiting, then going there. Yeah, Taking that's, PTO to get out of work. Right. Did, like Especially guys like us, we, we've talked know? about
1: it. Um, not that I know of. He's trying different anti-inflammatory diets. He's not exercising as much because the exercise, when he does it, the twitching is so much worse. So he's just, you know... Doing what he can to mitigate it, but it's not how he wants to continue to live his life. Like, you know him. Yeah. He likes to be in shape. He likes to exercise. He He's an active person. And he's also, like us, very hard on himself. Probably harder than I am on myself.
0: Man, it sounds... I would say. ...so fucking annoying. And uh, I, I might be wrong, but he, I think he told me it started with just a like an eye twitch. And it was an eye
1: twitch. Yes, I've
0: had that before. Have you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. So just a, just one of your eyes is just kind of twitching involuntarily. And uh, when I've had it it only lasts a very short period of time. I don't know, maybe maybe even less than an hour, maybe a lot less than an hour. But it's very annoying. And he's been dealing with
1: I've in different parts of his body for months, at least. Yeah, months. This has been going on probably almost a year now, because I remember we play disc golf together. He wasn't wearing contacts for the longest time. And I asked why. He was like, yeah, my eyes just twitch and I can't deal with it. So I'm just wearing my glasses. And that was last winter. That's so annoying. But yeah, but it's you you kind of are starting to get that same feeling, just not as extreme yet. Because you're going through the same thing with your doctor right now. You're at like the very beginning stage of, I can't help you, let me send you to someone else. And I think one of your fears is being passed around by people saying they can't help you. And that could come from this situation here with our good friend.
0: Yeah. And just to speak a little bit more on that helpless feeling, because I, th- I think maybe people can relate. I think it's, it might be valuable, but part of it is me looking into the future too. And, and maybe I, maybe it's not the best thing. For, it's not the best way for me to think, but I think it's totally natural. But if, if I follow it to the natural conclusion or the, the likely conclusion, it's, it's another, so I'll, I'll probably end up seeing a medical doctor. Right, and then and then there, you know the expression: if all you've got is a hammer, all you see is nails. Yeah. Well, different people with different inclinations are more inclined. So, I, I've heard a lot of people with different, like a wide variety of symptoms and everything, say that when they see one of those guys, they are really quick to go for medication.
1: Right, and because that's the easiest. So that's the easiest thing there is. Right. That's the that's the easiest way to fix the problem. Me and IT, if I get an email saying this isn't working, I tell people, reboot your computer and then I'll go over and see you. Exa- Hoping exactly. Hoping that, that reboot fixes it. Exactly. And, and and a lot of the times it does. And this is the same thing with medication. Take this, let me know how you feel in a week.
0: But the thing is, with with mental things, what it's almost I think it's almost across the board. Whatever you're taking, it could take months to have any sort of effect and a lot of them have side effects and a lot of times you got to switch medication so it's like the next step in this super annoying super drawn out journey Um, and I mean when you look at the long term of your life um, it's probably worth it Uh, but it just it's something that you don't want to do and that that's how I feel
1: No, because that's an exhausting process in itself. Like I know people who have been diagnosed with things and then they start a medication and then they have absolutely terrible side effects. That's almost worse than the disorder. Exactly. Yeah. And very, very close to me. It it was a really, really bad side effect to the point where it was like super depressed, like borderline mental breakdown. And it's like, I can't take this anymore. Like emergency call to the psychiatrist. Had to stop immediately and change. So it's it's another, almost like the talk therapy of trial and error, right? Like almost like with you talking to this therapist didn't work. He can't help you go to a different one. Same thing with medication. It's it's just as exhausting.
0: Exactly. And just a side anecdote about um, medication in this way. So um, I was in Las Vegas with, uh, with a few friends a, a long time ago. I, I mean, almost 10 years ago, maybe. And we were doing some drugs. As we know, I love drugs. Um,
1: Studies have shown.
0: And to be fair, we were mixing some drugs too. So that made things a little bit more intense. But one of the drugs, I believe, was Xanax. And Xanax is, I believe, used as an antidepressant, maybe anti anxiety, but it's one of those. It's, it's one of those used to treat either depression or anxiety, maybe both. But anyway, I felt so fucking bad. Like maybe one of the most depressed times I've ever felt in my life as a result of this drug. And then I ended up Googling it. And ironically enough, one of the side effects of Xanax is depression. So if you're like, let's say I was uh, prescribed that for depression and then it makes you more depressed. That's
1: just that's it's almost funny. So I'm reading here. It's used to treat anxiety and panic disorders. Okay. Uh, I'm looking for side effects now.
0: Yeah, make sure I'm not talking on my asshole.
1: Get on the old Google machine um see that's the thing that fucks me up dude okay so here are the side effects drowsiness tiredness dizziness sleep problems memory problems poor balance coordination slurred speech trouble concentrating irritability diarrhea constipation increased sweating headache nausea vomiting upset stomach blurred vision appetite or weight changes swelling in your hands or feet muscle weakness dry mouth stuffy nose loss of interest in sex huh
0: well, I just googled that's that's a pretty long list. Yeah, it's pretty bad, but just to stay on this for a second, I googled Xanax side effect depression and it says benzodiazepines and Xanax is a is in that class, I guess. One of the most common side effects of Xanax is depression, including feelings of sadness, hopelessness, and loss of
1: interest. You know what's fucked up? I'm I'm on rxlist.com. That's the first the first result on Google. Doesn't mention depression. Go down to the next one, Medical News Today, depression's fourth on the list.
0: That is just another example of how difficult uh this whole process is right and imagine and and i haven't even been in this situation but but my friend that i mentioned before has imagine you go to a therapist for for depression which is very common and and you're you're willing to do anything and they prescribe you something that makes you more depressed and then not only that but you go back to them and you say hey this is making me feel more depressed and they say well, you should give it four to eight weeks or whatever it is. I'm sure they say that, by the way. I I know they say that. So you have... To- yeah, no, no. <laughs> it, they
1: 100% do. Like, it takes time for it to get into your system. Imagine that, man. That just sucks. Yeah. Just deal with this for a little longer and then we'll know. Yeah. And the the story I was referencing earlier, that was, I think, three days into the medication where like a whole nervous, anxiety, depressed break came so it took three days of this medicine jesus to absolutely push this person to that point it sucks man yeah but the, it's it's part of the process it's an ugly part of the process and it's not a fun part but if it ultimately gets you to that end goal is it something you're willing to go through to not be going through what you go through already on the daily basis
0: and that's something I'll. Have that's a question
1: you have to ask yourself yeah
0: uh, at the moment, I I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm leaning towards no, but we'll see.
1: Um, but the the person you're talking about, what ended up happening with them? They changed medications, and it is working perfectly. Really feel great, no bad side effects. Uh, I haven't noticed any changes in like mood, other than more balanced. Because this person's also dealing with bipolar disorder. Hmm. So, um, do you know what medication it is more level headed. Mm, I probably should, but I do not Yeah, find, find out Find for out, me. out that
0: uh, I'm curious if it's lithium uh, I've, from what I've read, that's the most common one.
1: I think lithium might've been the first one. Really? I'll double check and we can circle back on that next episode.
0: Well, well that's good to hear though. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to hear that.
1: Yeah. It's honestly been like, it's, it's been great for the people involved in their life and you know, them personally as well. Not feeling so scatterbrained, you know. Feeling level in their moods. You're talking about your wife, right? Because yeah, I don't know if I can say. Yeah, it. Yeah, you can bleep that. But
0: <laughs> yeah, I just I, I, I texted and asked. I had
1: to. Oh, okay. I got the okay. We can keep it in.
0: Oh, all right. So you're talking about your wife? So,
1: yes, yes, I am. Huh. Breaking news.
0: And how long has she been so on this medication?
1: Been, I want to say like probably. I have a terrible concept of time, uh, but I want to say like three months. Four months? Hmm.
0: All right. Well, that's a a big point in the other column then.
1: Yeah. But that's the thing. Um, The points in these columns are different for each person. Of course. It depends how much trial and error you're willing to do. I mean, luckily in our case, it was, you know, one trial didn't work. Next trial did. It could take you multiple trials and it could get exhausting. And you read stories all the time, even with the talk therapy treatment where oh, I've never met a therapist that I click with. I hate every single one of my therapists. I can't keep doing it. I'm exhausted. So I've heard that story a bunch too. Of course. You just kind of get to a point where you don't feel like doing it anymore. Like it's not worth it. Clearly nothing's working. And you have that feeling of no one can help me. This is just it.
0: Yeah, and that was – well, p- part of what you said is you you want to click with your therapist. And that was part of – um. Those articles I was writing, one of the points that the the owner of the website that she made and then I had to rewrite was it was exactly that. Sometimes it's better to go with the therapist you click with that's probably less skilled per se uh, than one you don't click with that, that does have skills because that is so important.
1: Is that another part of why you're feeling discouraged right now with the uh, information you got from your therapist recently? Did you feel like you were starting to click with this guy? Yeah, maybe. Um
0: it's tough to say because he's the only one I've ever talked to, but I did think he's probably better than average if I saw a bunch of guys. It just just guessing, but uh he seemed pretty decent. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and you you developed that like comfortability? Is that a word? Comfort. It's been a while since I made one up. Comfortability?
0: Uh I think I think you just want to say comfort, but uh let's see. Is comfortability a word? Doesn't sound like it should be.
1: I I Comfortability. Back to the Google machine. It is. Please hold. Yeah! Wow, you did it. Hell yeah! <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah. So you developed this comfortability. It does not sound like a word, even saying it out loud. And the more I say it, the more Well, it's, I'm it's the
0: same as comfort. Just say comfort. You don't have to add those seven syllables at the end.
1: <laughs> Listen, Kyle. If we're gonna be talking about, you know, medicines, we're gonna be talking. Uh, you about you want to sound as smart as therapy. possible. Add as
0: many syllables to as many words as possible, right?
1: yeah and the only you know what i haven't been making up words recently yeah. and i think i know why why dot com promo code doubly you son of a bitch you, it, you haven't taken a it single works.
0: one of their products it works oh it does it well maybe it does but you don't know
1: <laughs> yeah all right never mind you have it right um, yeah but y- y- no not at all uh, of course not son of a bitch but you develop you develop that comfort with you know that therapist yeah. because the first time you go in it's very nerve-wracking even if like say i've been to the same therapist for the last couple months if i am like comfortable going to therapy but if i were to go to a new therapist i would get that like anxiety about going all over again of course
0: yeah it's like a first date on steroids to use a hacky expression but it really is because you're revealing the, the things that are hardest to talk about, uh, almost by definition. It's, it's the things yeah. that you can't talk about it with other people.
1: Yeah, because they'll think you're crazy. Yeah,
0: Actually, and part of that is of, like, you're, you're wondering if this person does too.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of, there was um, an inc- not an incident, but there was this uh, situation at work. And uh, one of my buddies was like, hey, man, uh, you want to go get a drink after work? And I said, ah, oh, I can't, I gotta go to therapy. Because I don't really, like, hide the fact that I go. Mm. I almost wear it like a badge of honor. I ain't no bitch. And he looked at me and went, therapy? What's wrong? Right. There's still that, like, st- like a lot of people just don't understand it. Like, nothing necessar- has to be necessarily wrong for you to go to therapy. Granted, I've got plenty wrong. Yeah, yeah. But... Like, you can just go to have an unbiased ear to give you advice. I think everyone has something they're dealing with. There's no one that's just like, I'm so happy all the time. I don't get anxious unless I need to. And, uh, yeah, everything's just A-OK. There's no yeah, one like that on the face yeah, of the planet.
0: It, maybe maybe not all the time, but I, I I think you're right. I think almost everybody is going to deal with something at some point, maybe even if you just go for a little while. But, yeah, you're right. And it is yeah. um, it's almost surprising for me to to hear about the stigma that exists still, because I don't know, it's just such a part of everything that I, I I even watch TV shows and movies where a lot of people go to therapy and it just seems normal to me. But when you hear things like that, it's like, damn, there is still a stigma. And and I didn't even tell you this. Um, I won't mention the people involved, but there was a topic on the podcast that someone wanted input on from their friends and they sent the podcast to their friends and they heard you talking about going to therapy and they said, Well, what's wrong with this guy? Is he crazy? And when when I heard that reaction I was like, oh my god. Like, really? really? You're that far behind on what's going on in the world that you think that somebody who goes to therapy is crazy off the bat? Like, That's just,
1: it, it's, yeah. Well, guess what? I am crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah, well, I got a couple fucking screws loose dude I don't know um, but it's, it's kind of like the, the weed thing you know mm. there are still people that are like oh no weed that's bad for you I watched Reefer Madness in 1942 and they told me all I needed to know so you smoke weed you're an idiot you're never gonna get a job you sleep all day that's it it's still like that I don't know Public this person was in their 40s takes a long time to change Yeah, and it's one of those things where all those old people will die and then it'll be normal. Well we just gotta wait for the old people to die. That's right.
0: And then Was the the... person that
1: thought I was crazy? Did they um were they older?
0: Uh older than you and slightly older than me. Yeah. So yeah, you're Is
1: it someone I know? You don't have to tell me.
0: No, it's not who you're thinking, but it's someone they know.
1: Oh, I, I had literally no one in my mind. Oh, okay. No, it's not someone you know. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, I think I'm crazy. Well, I'm not crazy. I just uh, have been through some stuff and have an issue with anxiety and I'm learning how to better cope with it.
0: Well, it's, it's exactly what you were saying before. It's just, it's it's what I, I'm going to repeat myself, But public perception is really gradual in change and for a long time, like you said, weed was associated with drug addicts, uh, you know, whatever. And therapy was associated with uh, maniacs or, or insanity, right? So it's just it's just a, a quick association that those people have not, uh, whether through lack of research or lack of exposure, lack of awareness, it's not their fault either, but they just haven't learned enough and they're still going off their old association. And, and, and like you said, it's 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 mainly older people that are kind of set in their ways or or whatever, and, I'm, and that's not what I'm saying about this person, but it just takes a really long time to change these things.
1: Yeah, um, I think it's important, and I was actually talking about this in therapy tonight. Um, there not being a cure. I think I already mentioned this earlier, actually, but if not, I'll just hammer that point home. There's no cure for like what's going on. In your mind, just like if you take high blood pressure medication, it helps you cope with symptoms it doesn't you're you're not cured of high blood pressure. it's the same thing with anxiety, depression, bipolar it it's uh something that you just learn to cope with better you 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 build these skills, develop these tools to help you you know deal with these situations better as they come up. I can personally say, I have gotten a lot better. Since I started therapy, at these coping mechanisms and understanding when I'm like, you know, having irrational anxiety or depression. So I've definitely taken a lot from it. Um, at first, I'll be honest, me being more self aware about it led me to feed into it a little bit more. Hmm. Okay. Like, oh, I'm anxious right now or I'm depressed right now and being like self-aware about it help like it kind of put me a little deeper almost
0: mm, that makes but sense
1: it was part of like the bridge to get to dealing with it better i guess
0: stu said that too um he really? said re- yeah. researching uh whatever he thinks he's got um he, he said he he doesn't like to know more because then it makes him more aware of it and think about it more so I think that's probably common, too.
1: Yeah, but I think it might be important to bec- become more aware of it so you know how to deal with it. That's the point of, like, learning about it and going to therapy is so you're aware of, of what's being affected. You're learning how to deal with it better. Like, my wife, she is becoming more aware of when she's in a manic state. Yeah. When when you're in a no. manic state, shit happens. and you know, recognizing you're in that state and being able to, you know, kind of you know go with it, but like mitigate like the risks. It's it's very important.
0: I think you're absolutely right, and I, I was arguing that to him too, and he ended up kind of agreeing with me. I, I think it's I think it's kind of like maybe what you were saying before about me like, like a self defense mechanism. Um,
1: yeah, but I, I absolutely- no one wants to admit they have anything wrong with them. I think that's exactly. No one, the, yeah. Yeah, and I told myself for a while. I mean, it's normal to feel anxious, like, but not the way I feel anxious. It's not normal. Yeah, and and that's um,
0: okay. A personal note about about what I deal with too, um, because okay, so back to the cure thing. There is no cure, right? Um, mm-hmm. There absolutely are mental issues that make you think. Really irrational things and things that don't exist, whatever. Um, that's not personally what I go through, and I think most people going through depression, it's it's not like that. It's and this is something I, I actually talked to a psychiatrist about on my old podcast, uh, the Kyle Cast. That's a, that's an old plug, um, but I was talking to a psychiatrist that is he knows depression inside and out, and he was saying that depression is is actually you're you're seeing the truth about a lot of things, like the, the bleak, cold truth about people, about life, about yourself, and you're not thinking anything irrational. You're just too focused on the bad things, and, and that's what I go through. When I have low moods, I focus too much on the bad things, and then if I have a high mood, maybe I won't focus enough on the bad things. But the the reason I'm bringing this up is because you say there's no cure, and I, and I think you're right. I think it's just learning what to focus on uh, at different times, or or trying your best. Like when when you're yeah. dealing with anxiety or something, you're trying to say, okay, I'm focusing on this. Like like back to your dog, right? You're, one of your biggest anxieties is your dog getting hurt or something. You say, well, actually, that's not crazy. That is a normal. That's a possibility that your dog is going to get lost or or get hurt, but it doesn't deserve the amount of attention and weight you give to it. And I think that's important. So someone, I just want to drive that home too. people that are dealing with depression or whatever. They're not thinking crazy things. No, they're just honed in on the negative.
1: And that's so true. I've never really thought of it that way uh, as far as depression. But I mean, I've talked about. Like with my therapist, why like the like kind of like the rabbit hole I'll go down in my own brain? Yeah. Like, okay, this is happening because this like Yeah, that's possible, but what's the likelihood? Exactly. I'm focusing too much on the possibility and not the the data, so to speak. What is the percentage? Like what is the probability of this happening? Not high. Depending on, I mean, obviously that changes for every situation, but, um, you reminded me before I went to therapy, I had a situation where normally I would freak out and I didn't. Okay. So, you know, me and the wife having sex, put the dog out in the living room. We do what we got to do. I open the door and I hear the dog eating something. I assume it's his bone. So I turn around. And then that little voice in the back of my head was, maybe you should make sure. Mm -hmm. So I go out and look. This dude's eating a bowl of baklava. Oh, that son of a bitch. That that he got off the counter. (laughs) That I thought that I put in a place where he couldn't reach it. Because that is also something I do. Before I leave the dog out in the living room for any reason most of the time, sex. I do my checks. I make sure there's nothing he can get. I make sure all the doors are closed so he can't go into the other bathroom or the office and get into anything. Of course. Because he's, he's three years old, but labs are toddlers until the day they die. They are just big stuffed animals that want to get into shit. Yep. So I do my checks. I get in there. I get to business. Now, normally, I would have freaked out. I, s- I stopped before I spiraled into a freak out, and I said, okay, so the dog ate baklava. Not supposed to eat baklava. What's in baklava? Nothing that's toxic to dogs. The the three things that are toxic to dogs, grapes, chocolate, onions. Huh, okay. I know those things because of my anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, onions really? The, I learned that tonight actually. Um, huh. so none of that's in baklava, so I go, "All right, He didn't eat a bunch of it. Like He he might have had a decent amount. I don't know how much was there, but nothing toxic. He might puke, have diarrhea, upset stomach, but he's probably fine. If it's excessive, I'll take him to the vet. But until that point, there's no need to worry. I leave, doesn't cross my mind. So I'm on my way to therapy. My wife calls. And the first thing that pops in my head is, I got to turn around. This dog's got to go to the hospital. Mm -hmm. And she calls to tell me, hey, I called the vet. Checked in. They said everything would be fine. Nice. Just to keep an eye on them. But that's a thing that pops in my head. Yep. And she said, like, because I asked about that, because I have the same reaction. If I were to get a call from a family member, I assume it's because my parents overdosed. Sure. Yep. And I get that every single time. Yep. I get a call. Even if it's an unknown number, I assume it's from police the hospital, I assume one of my parents overdosed. And I don't like that I have that feeling. Mm-hmm. But she said, that's not an irrational thought. You've been trained to think that way. You yeah. have every reason to think that way. Mm-hmm. It sucks that you think that way, but that's not an irrational feeling that you're having. Mm-hmm. So it's important, although it may suck In those situations where, you know, you freak out or you have that nervous feeling when you get that call, it's okay to feel that way. It's normal for you to feel that way. In my head, I thought I was overreacting this whole time. Like, I shouldn't just immediately jump to that. But I've been trained to think that way. I have every reason to feel that. Yeah. So, it's not a problem for me to feel that way. It's normal. So, So it's also important to distinguish that. Yeah, you were validated
0: there. That must have felt really good.
1: Yeah, I was like, okay, so I'm <laughs> it's okay for me to to go to that headspace when it's appropriate. Yep.
0: But then and then that the awareness that you've gained through the process can help you say, okay, it's okay that I feel that way, but I, I don't I don't need to freak out. Something like that.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like a hey, I was trained this way, I feel this way. It's normal. Answer the phone. Get the information. Everything's fine. Phone call over. Yeah. Yeah, it's good, man. Just knowing knowing when it's okay to feel that way. Because mm-hmm. we talked about that too. Anxiety is a normal emotion that helps humans survive, right? We live in a society now where we don't really have to worry or rely on our anxiety for survival. Mm-hmm. Like before, you know, back before, like Neanderthals, they hear something in the woods Potentially, they're not going to make it past the night. Yep. They need to be alert, aware, sharp in the situation. We don't have that many situations now in our society. Depending on where you live, I guess that's me showing my white privilege. We, I I, I don't live in a world where I need to, you know, use my anxiety for survival. I don't know where I was going with that, but I, I feel like I was on a good track there but i lost it whatever no no you were fine Dreams the whole time the it,
0: it it all makes sense
1: yeah but that's i i guess that's the difference between like being diagnosed with anxiety or just like having normal anxiety it's the irrational the irrationality behind it is that a word did i make up another one that's another one
0: that it sounds it sounds like a word but i wish it wasn't yep
1: so the irrationality behind i don't like it <laughs> The difference between irrational anxiety and normal uh, anxiety that you have to trigger those survival instincts, I guess.
0: Yeah, no, no, it's, it's, you're right. And, and, and again, I think it's, it's not even necessarily about here how irrational or rational it is. It's, it's just, or, or, or rather it is, but it, the rational, the rationality or irrationality comes from how much weight you give it. Um,
1: yes, exactly. That's a good point
0: yeah so yeah and the, and the the whole reason we started talking about this is the idea that it's I, I i don't know i don't know what kind of medications are out there um but i don't think you're going to cure um unpleasant thoughts i think you're if you're dealing with unpleasant thoughts that you're, you're going to have those it's just whether it matters or not and at, at the risk of going on a complete tangent I, I was talking to this about my therapist last time too i was saying um, I got self-image issues, right? And this this is highly dependent on my mood. If I'm feeling good and I look in the mirror, I see something totally different than if I'm feeling bad and I look in the mirror. And, and that comes from the
1: point that you made earlier. It's what you're focusing on. Exactly. It's that's, where your focus is exactly aimed. That's
0: exactly it. Yeah. So, if I'm feeling really bad and my self-image is bad, I will hone in on my imperfections. And that's almost all I see. Whereas, if I'm feeling rather confident, I'll still see those imperfections, but my mind will say it's like they, those don't matter it's 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 a it's an issue of focus it's it's yes. what are you focusing on and 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 hopefully you can day to day focus on things that help you and focus on things that help you feel good. It's just when your focus goes wrong and and that that's what I deal with when i when I go into to dark places. I'll focus on all the negative and I'll even have the awareness that that's what I'm doing, but it's just hard. It doesn't to, help. Yeah.
1: Yep. But you made that point earlier where you said like you can over focus on the positive too. You got to find that happy medium of that focus. Like, okay, I can improve here. I'm doing well here. That. Yeah.
0: That you mentioned your, your wife dealing with that. That's, that's what mania is. And that, that can get to the point where it's totally irrational. Like, um, there people that experience really severe mania can get these ideas in their head that actually do not make sense. Like I remember watching a documentary about this guy that dealt with it. And when he was dealing with a particularly severe mania, he bought like a thousand clocks and he had some idea that he was going to make money off the clocks and it just made no sense. But what his mind was doing was he, he had this one idea and he was focusing on the positive. He only saw the upside. And um, what I deal with is, is hypomania when I'm feeling really good. And that's the that's step below mania. But it's, it's the same thing. It's, none of my thoughts are crazy. It's just I'm focusing too much on the positive. And if I think something is really fun, but maybe it's a little bit dangerous, I won't really think about the risk. Uh, and I might, I might even be aware of the risk, but I'll say, eh, everybody gets hurt, everybody dies someday, whatever. It's fun. Right. So it's 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 kind of funny, isn't it, that you can focus on the positive too much to the point where it's
1: a problem. So this kind of reminds me of something that you posted on your story during your boat trip. You were climbing to like the top of a boat Mm. where like a wrong move, you could have got severely injured. And I'm the kind of guy that will focus on what could go wrong, not worth the risk. Yeah. In that moment, you weren't focused. You were focused on the exact opposite. Like, how cool is this going to fucking be? Yeah, and that's
0: uh, that, that's the funny thing about what I deal with is is going is, is the bipolar thing. I will go back and forth between those uh, on, on a basis. It's, it's it doesn't happen every day. Uh, I might feel bad for several months and then good for several months. But that's the funny part about what I deal with is I know both of those sides very very well, and it's. It presents a lot of very unique issues. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a very interesting thing from an objective standpoint.
1: You just – you get caught in a loop of pros and cons until it's too late to do what you wanted to do and you miss out. Um, No, not like
0: that because I'll only focus – so so there's some months of my life where I'll think like you about climbing to the top of the boat. i think, no, I'm definitely not going to do that. And then there's some months where I go, yeah, I'll climb to the top of every boat. Right, so I know these. It's almost like I'm two different people depending on when you catch me, and uh, yeah, it's it's very strange.
1: There was um not to move off of this, but there was something very interesting when I was talking uh, with my therapist about anxiety and like um you know anxiety being used as a tool for survival. Um, so we were talking about um kind of how the brain works. So the amygdala is like the center part of your brain or it's a all right so i'll read the definition Mm -hmm. the amygdala is a complex structure of cells nestled in the middle of the brain adjacent to the hippocampus the amygdala is considered to be a part of the limbic system within the brain and is key to how we process strong emotions like fear and pleasure Mm. so when you have the amygdala working in overdrive so like someone like me my my uh feelings of anxiety go into overdrive, the amygdala kinda shuts down the frontal lobe, which is in charge of like, you know, planning, strategy, all of that. It just goes out the window because the amygdala is working overtime. Hmm. So that was something that I learned today that I thought was very interesting.
0: That is that is interesting. And that kinda helps you put it in perspective. Um yeah, and it's it's just more awareness. So that's kinda cool.
1: Yeah. And just being able to, you know, forgive yourself when you're in those states. Because you can be hard on yourself. Like we've talked about that before, too, where you're just like too hard on yourself for something you did when you were in a certain state, like a depressed state or like an anxious state. Like there's nothing you can do about it. Be easy on yourself. Like you're very hard on yourself after you like go on those eating binges. Yeah. You were in a state where, you know, your frontal lobe wasn't pulling its weight. Yeah,
0: so now I can just say my fucking
1: frontal lobe is not my fault. It's just my fucking frontal lobe, son of a bitch. Back to the free will argument. We didn't have a choice. That is the truth. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've been going for like an hour, a little over an hour, hour and 12 minutes. Yeah. We came in with just that one idea, and uh, I think we, we got back to almost our first episode, really, where we talked really in depth about what we're going through.
0: It's a very interesting thing, man. And I was actually thinking about that last night, like about this podcast. And I had a, a surge of kind of appreciating the value of this podcast in, in kind of a proud way. But if, if someone actually listens to all of this, they're actually seeing two guys going through real steps um, on this whole mental health thing. And and we talk about a number of other things, too, but it's 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 very interesting to see that in real time, I think.
1: Yeah, because we really have gone gone through it. Even, like, this is our 39th episode, so 39 weeks. We've yeah. had our depressed periods. We've had our super happy periods. We've had our, you know, we've taken the steps to try to get these things in check. And uh, it's, it's refreshing. I hope people take something from it.
0: it takes us a while sometimes. You got to be patient with us, but, uh, <laughs> but it, it does oh, happen. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> we'll have our episodes where we're a little stupid and silly and we're having fun and that's all that matters that's part of the process baby that's right so to put a little bow on this yeah if we're going to start a cult what are we going to call the cult followers hmm. there's christians there's catholics there's negtaves that's not bad.
0: Yeah. Or you could go either way. Dubles or Nectaves.
1: Hmm. I feel like Nectaves might be better. Well, I'm just going to refer to them all as my horse. That's good enough. All right. <laughs> so if you're a listener to this podcast, you're... Welcome to the whorehouse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the whorehouse. That might slot. be a
0: decent alternate title for our podcast, too. The
1: whorehouse. That's, that's good. We'll probably... Maybe attract some different types of listeners based off the name. Yeah. We're going to do a whole fucking rebrand and it's going to be the Whorehouse and like neon lights. And there's going to be like a line of Coke that sounds on the perfect. logo. Yeah. Because we've already established drugs are good. And whores are great. Perfect. All right. So I don't have any closing words. Do you, Kyle? I think that sums it up. Thank you for listening. Bye. This is life being bound to love